Hey everyone, Christian here, and I want to tell you about our sponsor this week, Plus One Balms. Do you have a beard or do you shave? Do you love role-playing games and epic stories? Then head over to plusonebalms.com slash T-O-A-F-N and check out their premium line of handmade all-natural beard balms. Each balm is inspired by one of the six traditional role-playing stats. In another world, Plus One Balms would combine the finest rare ingredients, arcane tinctures, herbs, and essences to achieve the desired alchemical effect. But in this world, they are just made from high-quality, all-natural ingredients that give your beard and skin everything they need to be healthy and strong. So if you want to boost on your next charisma check, check out plusonebalms.com and use the code TOAFN at checkout to get 10% off your whole order and to help support our show. I use the Plus One of Strength Balm. It is great as a beard balm and as an aftershave for any non-bearded folks out there. Uh, gives my beard a very, very powerful energy, and it leaves my weak and pasty writer's neck with that moisturized, just-shaved feeling all day long. Uh, so I really, really like this stuff, and I think you will too. So once again, that is plusonebalms.com and discount code TOAFN. We are also very excited to announce that we will be partnering with Plus One Balms to develop a custom scent inspired by the Once and Future Nerd. And we want your help deciding what our podcast uh, smells like. So if you have smell thoughts, please post them on Twitter with the hashtag SmellsLikeToAFN. And if we pick your idea, we will send you a tin of the resulting formula. Last but not least, the Once and Future Nerd is brought to you this week and every week by our patrons on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash onceandfuturenerd to become a patron and get lots of cool rewards, including hearing every episode ad-free. Okay, enjoy the show. This episode contains material that may be especially upsetting to some listeners. Please check the content notes in the episode description for details and use your best judgment in listening. The script for this episode is linked in the episode description. And past scripts can be found at onceinfuturenerd.com slash scripts. The Once and Future Nerd Book 2 Myth Made Flesh Chapter 5 An Impregnable Missive Part 2 by Zach Glass, Shannon Harris, and Christian T. Kelly Madeira. All right. Well, here's this. Thank you. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. It had been three days since our party had come ashore in a desolate cove near Armstrongard, and they had spent that time hopping between the handful of inns, saloons, and public houses where Regan still commanded enough favour or fear to be quartered covertly. Unfortunately, although he was a hearty young elf, cheese barrels, pirate vessels, and musty back rooms had hardly done wonders for the wound in Yellowin's arm. Is it helping, at least? The spot where Relotit's arrow had pierced him was now ringed with a hot and angry red. I've no doubt you'd be worse off without the brandy, but... Nia's eyes seemed to Yilluin to be an apology. <sighs> the illness is spreading. I'm afraid so. It's still within the realm of treatable, I believe. For now. But I'd need to leave here and get proper medicine. So where to, uh... <laughs> Petition the throne, then. 
I've found, Yellowin, that there is a certain joy in abdication to a mighty leader who has one's best interests in mind. I look forward to experiencing that. Hey, no offense to Regan, she's dope. But isn't all that abdication stuff kind of how we got here? Uh, fret not for now. I shall speak with Her Majesty when next she... Fuck, I'm bored. I'm so fucking bored. We've done absolute deck for three straight days. Does anyone in this world ever have fun? Yes, though it does typically require leaving one's chambers. Eh, not necessarily. Never mind. Gwen saw Arlene's face turn red more crimson and had to suppress a giggle. We could play the game again, I guess. Who's in? Weenie? Gwen? Who's dealing? Me, I guess. I should note that at that moment, an idea began to form in Jen's head. She recalled another time they played this very game, what felt like ages ago, with some inebriated Armstrong Guard students. Okay, what to have for dinner? Go! Billy drew a card from the deck, a knave, and waited expectantly. Hmm, let's see. Uh, there used to be a man with a cart around the corner from here who made some very tasty garbage. Sorry? It was always a treat when they served pheasant garbage at Castle Gwenadol. I remember that garbage. I'd always send Gwen down for seconds. Aye, Billy, that's your card. Billy's eyes narrowed and darted back and forth between his various compatriots. Hmm, yes. A fitting answer. In the White Forest, we prepare our garbage using a rare flightless bird found only within our wood. I've grown to miss that garbage. What the hell? Do I have a two or do you all like eating garbage? I'm guessing it means something different here. In case you're unfamiliar, as the Pennsylvanians were, garbage is a beef and poultry stew. Yeah, shockingly, this game kind of falls apart if you don't share enough cultural touchstones. Jackie, give me a whole lot of something strong. I'll take it in my room. Your friends are already working on a battle. Sounds like good news. Welcome back, Your Grace. Any I luck fucking with- had it with the yellow sons of whores in this pisshole town. That's the tenth sellsword company in three days. Ooh, we are big. We are tough. Our cocks blot out the sun. But oh no, we don't mess with elves. Our mommies said they are scary. Fuck. Ah, uh, uh, Your Grace. Uh, perhaps my presence may help create the image you need to persuade them. You? You look like your name should be Grandpa and not a cop. Not exactly the image we're going for. All right, y'all know the drill. Pack up your shit, we're out of here before sundown. <sighs> Billy and Yiluin shared a brief look of astonishment at things they suddenly had in common. I don't want to hear it. Your Grace, I regret to inform you that Yiluin's wound is not improving. Ugh, goddammit, always fucking something. He needs proper medicine. Regan rubbed her temples as her nostrils flared. Your Grace, I recall when my arm was likewise wounded. You told me, that's my arm, and I'm going to need it. Where would you need to go? Well, actually, I've been thinking. They must have what you need at the college, right? Yes, but... Out of the fucking question. The one place in this city where somebody's sure to know you by name? Which is why I was... But they won't know us. And we wanted to make a quick detour around the school anyway. We did? We... Didn't get to see much our first time there. This isn't a... a fucking... a... We are fugitives! But no one knows us. You mean apart from Relo Teat, who's got the whole city crawling with patrols? (laughs) 
There is no way her patrols each know us by sight. This is a treacherous city for anyone. Even those on the right side of the law run no small risk of getting lost or robbed. Hey, you could draw us is... a map then. Tell us where the infirmary is and maybe, you know, maybe the <clears throat> library. Ah, I see. What am I in the dock about here? Mm, admittedly, I have committed to helping our young companions retrieve some materials from the college's library. Of course, that was before we... Well, I know they are clever enough to understand the frailty of our current situation. Yeah, we do. That's why we're so gung-ho about this. When's the next time we're going to be close to a library? Close to the library. To literally the one library that seems to exist on this entire continent. Look, all we need is a few books, just so we'll know a little more. And we can get the medicine while we're there. Two birds, one stone. I want to be clear that me even asking this is an attempt to be, what was it? Magnanimous? Okay? These books, they the kind someone can run in, grab, and run out? Honestly, I'm afraid not. If the books they seek even exist, which I cannot guarantee, they will be extremely rare and therefore carefully guarded. <sighs> Narc. But I must also say that were we to find these books, it would go a long way towards putting their minds at ease. And mine. I'm gonna try this one more time. None of our minds should be at ease. We're in a fucked up spot here. Decisions we make in the next couple days are life or death for everyone in this room. Simple as that. We're getting yellowing medicine so he doesn't fucking die. And all I want to know is if someone's got an idea how to do it that isn't dumb as shit. May I say one thing first? Magnanimous Maggie. What? If we should only take risks to avoid death, then why did we not keep our heads down and our mouths shut when you returned from that forest? Nia, I appreciate your wise counsel. Now shut the fuck up. Okay, ideas for medicine. Not dumb as shit. Go. I was originally going to say that I've an... acquaintance from school. Last I heard, he's running a charitable apothecary out of his parish. How far? No more than an hour's walk. And I'd like your permission to take some money as well. I thought you said it was charitable. It is. For the needy. Well, guess what, Nia? Right now, we're the fucking needy. Is it wise, in your experience, to seek a favor from a reliable contact and come empty-handed? <sighs> Here's how this is gonna go. You wear a disguise. You stay off the big streets. You see an elf patrol? You duck down an alley or bend down to pick a copper off the street or something? You know how to spot a loser tail? Well... That's uh, a no. I'll give you a place to go back to. It'll be different from where we're staying, but I'll come and check on you. If you're clean, I'll bring you back to us. If not, cross that bridge when we come to it. Got all that? Yes, I think so. Repeat it back to me. Wear a disguise, no big roads, avoid elves. I'll go where you say, and you'll meet me when it's safe. Good. You go exactly where you have to. No additional stops. I can help with the disguise. Fine. Billy? Nelson? What? Need your help, too? You do? Yes. Okay. And as Regan's court disbanded, she marked this last interaction well.
But thus did Nia and the three Pennsylvanians regroup in another room to assemble Nia's disguise. Their first attempted solution was to simply swap Nia's clerical frock for Nelson's nondescript tunic. The result was, well, not entirely convincing. Worked for Shakespeare's heroines. I'm, I'm not sure that's just been in disbelief works in real life. Last I checked, we've been living in an alternate universe for what? Like a month now? Point taken. It has to work. What else are we- Jen interrupted Billy with a disparaging look. Vernacularly, one might say she ice-grilled him. Thanks, Billy. That's soothing. Nia futzed, as I've heard mortals say, with her borrowed digs, as they also say. It is a bit snug. They call it form-fitting where we're from. I'm a little frightened to breathe, if truth be told. Jen sized Nia up in the mirror. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, try Billy's clothes. Wait, what am I going to wear? We'll switch. Nelson, give him my frock and cloak. Uh, okay, I guess? It's pretty unisex. Yeah, I mean, you know, this magical realm with blanket. Who cares? This one's a little too big. Nothing a little belting and blousing can't fix. Things you learn when it's homecoming week, but mom can only afford the clearance rack. And here, uh, stuff your hair in this hat. Jen's powers apparently extended beyond atmospheric anomalies to, I believe it's called styling in the human realm. There we go. Solid Cesario vibe. No, Ganymede. Who? I'd say Eowyn. Is that the I am no man, lady? Yeah! You knew that? Everyone saw those movies, Nelson. We just didn't make them into a lifestyle choice. Oof, fair enough. Mia's is kind of tight on me. I think it's fashion forward. And the arms? And pecs? A plus, babe. Okay. Nia, I think you're in good shape. Oh, you know what would top it off? Jen reached for Nelson's glasses, and he leaned away from her grasp. Uh, sorry, no. I need these. Okay, this'll have to do then. Right. Hey, uh, before you go, what did you think about what Regan said? Her assessment of the risks is not wrong, but only the three of you are in a place to evaluate the risks of not getting those books, and I believe you are mature enough to decide for yourselves. Bitchin. Sure. I mean... I cannot say I endorse this endeavor, but I shall draw you a map of the college and library and give you what information I can. I'll have to go quickly, though, lest Her Majesty grow suspicious. So pay attention. Ardell Redmore had mustered two score armed men outside the eastern storehouse of the castle named after Guernatal. Standing in a ring around them were no small number of the common folk about the keep. Now then, we shall soon reveal once and for all that this so-called phantom is a foreign saboteur who is very mortal indeed. And I trust, once I've flayed him and strung him up from the ramparts, you will all return to your duties. Captain? Alige. Set to, uh, your task. The unfortunate officer looked at his two nearest men and nervously jerked his head towards the storehouse. As they reached its doorway, 
the two guards shared an uneasy look. What happened? Is that normal? Did we win? Oh, God. Magic! Someone! Someone kill him! The crowd looked on in stunned silence as a small stream of blood began to pool on the dusty ground just outside the storehouse doors. Is that... Uh, <clears throat> did, you, did you kill the saboteur? <laughs> Get in there! All of you! Charge! Charge! Oh, shit. Retreat! The last thing the point men saw were half dozen barrels of spirits well barreling towards them from an upper rafter. What few survivors managed to crawl back out from that treacherous storehouse were bloodied and shot through with thick, jagged splinters. <laughs> Captain! Captain! Call for more men! My lord. Lock the doors and burn this storehouse to the ground. But, my lord, the food. Selberin, take the food! I want the saboteur killed! Burn it, I said. I'm ordering you to burn it. The captain of Ardell's guard looked up through a haze of pain and exsanguination at the gathered faces in the crowd. He saw people whom, but a few moons ago, before he threw in his lot with Ardell's mutiny, he had called his neighbors and sworn to serve. No. I'll hate you for this. You're welcome to try. God's blasted all. Someone fetch me a torch. Only now, as their jeers grew louder, did Ardell remember the crowd and turned to see their number. He turned back to look at the guards he had brought with him today, all dead or rapidly dying, and in the cold pit of his guts, where a better man might have earlier felt concern or compassion for those men who served him. Ardell nevertheless felt their loss very keenly now. I... Return to your homes. Food is sparse and there's work to be done. Well, at heart, you gather here. What? In that moment, it did not take much for the voice from the storehouse to capture the crowd's complete attention. No. Uh, excuse me. I am vengeance turned to flesh. Who, who are Food's you? Food's not sparse, but justice is. Where, Ardell's a blight where, upon where this land. Coming from? I have no quarrel with those who reject him. Forsake the usurper and eat well. And as Ardell looked into the eyes of his gathered subjects, he saw only rage looking back. He took a nervous step backwards. And in that moment, though naught but human forces were at work, you'd be forgiven for thinking some spell had been broken. And all at once, the crowd darted for the storehouse. Not a one of them cast so much as a glance towards their presumptive sovereign. And for his part, Ardell, flush with humiliation and sweating with fear, scurried off the other way.
Nia ventured forth, head down through the streets of Armstrongard to her friend's monastery. Along the way, she recalled the counsel given her by Jen and Nelson. Walk and talk like Billy. Yeah, zero class, Grace, or manners. Hey, what the fuck? I'm JK, bro. You come a long way. Totes. We're all works in progress. Which she adhered to with... Well, judge her aptitude for yourself. Watch where you're going, kid. Oh, pardon me. I, I, I quit hogging the road, yeah? She scurried away quickly after this outburst. Probably for the best, considering that this particular passerby had Sir Brennan's physical bearing, but did not appear to have the warmth, loyalty, and compassion that she'd come to know of her friend. No sooner than she dodged that proverbial bolt, she noticed assorted elves roaming the street, asking questions. Pollocks. Nia was apparently emboldened by her costume. Besides this uncharacteristic verbiage, she was surprised by her own deafness as she weaved through the street. And when she spotted another elf patrol asking questions of the nearby townsfolk, The Thief Queen, Irana Regan, have you seen her? She hastily turned to the nearest street vendor. Garbage here, hot and fresh, get your hot steaming garbage right here. How much? Two copper. We hear she's back in town. If you hear of anything, the White Forest is prepared to be very generous. Maybe tomorrow. And when the elves had passed, she nodded farewell to the street vendor, then dipped into the front of a saloon, only to exit through the rear a moment later, until finally she arrived at the parish she sought. Nia sighed with relief upon entering Frederick's quarters, <sighs> peered out the window before being startled by the man himself, who approached from behind her. May I help you, young <gasps> sir? Jen's wardrobing prowess might indeed have been magic, as Nia's longtime friend did not readily recognize her, at least not until she lifted her head and removed the hat to reveal her hair. Nia? <laughs> Frederick! <laughs> it's great to see you, and a surprise. You're dressed. <laughs> <laughs> have you gotten wise and chosen a more lucrative profession than mine? <laughs> no, I'm no richer and only marginally wiser than I was when last we spoke. A uh, margin plus a mile wiser than me then. I must hear all about your life. It's been ages. How's my alma mater treating you? I'm sorry, Frederick. There's so much I'd love to talk with you about truly, but I'm afraid I'm in need of a somewhat urgent favor. Are you all right? It's my friend. He needs medicine for a putrid wound. Oh. Is the college not... Oh, you know how it is at the college. Wrangle up three faculty seals on one requisition letter. Wait a week, make corrections. This is easier. And as I said, I need it urgently if my friend is to keep his arm. Galadon's mercy? Keep his arm? Uh, yes, of course. Follow me. Uh, are you sure all is well with you? Yes. You're certain. You seem quite concerned with how I've led my life since graduating. You could have reached out any time. No, no, that's... That's fair. Forgive me. I didn't mean to pry. It's just the coincidence is almost alarming. Coincidence? Well, that you arrive here after so long on the same day that a message came from your parents via Manustery. Pardon what? Yes. They're looking for you, asking everyone where you were last seen. Do you still have the message? Can I see it? Yes, I believe so. Just a moment. Here you are. 
probably just my mother being dramatic. I've told you how she can be. Dearest Nia, haven't heard from you in some time. Tried reaching you at the college, but they said you've not been seen in weeks. Your poor pa and I are worried about you. Sure, you're busy, but pray let us know you're well. And pray let us know where to reach you. You're still our dearest. Be the weather foul or fair. Love, Mom. And as she read these words, Nia felt a tumult in the pit of her stomach and a cold sweat on the back of her neck. Be the weather foul or fair. For now she was certain that her parents were in danger. The Once and Future Nerd is directed by Christian T. Kelly Madeira. It is created and executive produced by Zach Glass and Christian T. Kelly Madeira, and co-executive produced by Jess Kelly Madeira. Alex Story and Ryan Cushman are associate producers. It is performed by... Rhiannon Angel. Garrett Arman. Dan Dobransky. Anya Gibeon. Ian Harkins. Shannon Harris. Paul Notice. Juliet Prather. Frank Quares. Julie Reed. Gregory M. Schultz. Production audio recording by Jared Paul. Editing by Beth Crane. Sound design, foley, and mixing by Sarah Paczynski. Tom Lee is our musical director and lead composer, with additional scoring by Chris Montalbo. For more, visit onceandfuturenerd.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, or Reddit. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying the Once and Future Nerd, you might enjoy this show from our friends. Up above, you see blood red clouds boiling across the sky. I hear that you're about to go on an adventure. Uh, you know how Emma likes to have me running around worrying about things. <laughs> you see armies at your back, dwarven, elven, human. You see all the races under your command, and you wickedly smile back at yourself. We can do this the easy way. Or we can do this the hard way. And you see this light being shattered into seven different pieces. It's not worth the risk. Just say it's part of my inquisitive nature. I have been following you for a very long time. Do you want a countdown? Three, two, one. Now. And you feel the ball drop out from beneath you. The Lucky Die Podcast is a weekly 5e Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Join our adventure every Monday wherever you download podcasts by searching for The Lucky Die.